As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Well, that totally changes the game. If the investor lives in one unit, then it's not considered an investment property anymore. It's considered an owner-occupied property. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go. Every once in a while, there comes a service that revolutionizes an industry. And I am proud to say that our best ever sponsor, Cozy, is that service for landlords and tenants. Cozy simplifies the rental process for everyone. Simply put, Cozy makes it easy to collect rent online, to screen tenants, to order credit reports, to do all the things that you are currently doing manually, but to automate it so that you can focus on more important things like growing your portfolio this year. The best part is that Cozy is completely free. It's free. There aren't any minimums, there aren't any transaction fees or monthly payments. No other service on the planet offers this to you for free. And one of the things that I love about Cozy is that Cozy automatically collects and transfers the rent so that every month you don't have to worry about forgetful tenants forgetting to pay you the rent. You can actually receive that rent automatically in your bank account, no questions asked. So you can say goodbye to paper checks, late payments, and all those lame excuses. And here's your chance to simplify your life and make more money. Join me and sign up for Cozy at Cozy.co. That's C-O-Z-Y dot C-O. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Sean Weeks. Hi, Sean. Hey, Joe, how are you doing today? Doing well, and excited to have you on the show. Sean is joining us from Ontario, California, not Canada. <laughs> he is the outside an outside loan officer for Bank Home Loans. He's been in the industry for 10 years and has extensive experience with FHA, Fannie, and Freddie loan program. So we're going to focus our conversation around that. Obviously, we want to hear about his experience and what advice he has in that area. And he's licensed in 48 states and does both purchase and refinance loans. So with that being said, Sean, can you give the best ever listeners a little bit more background on your experience and what you're focused on now? 
Yes, um, basically, uh, like you said, you know, I've been doing this now for about 10 years. Um, I started off on the broker end of the business. So basically, mortgage brokers basically get signed up with banks and they, they work as a, a third party. I now currently work for Bank Home Loans, which is actually a DBA for Bank of California. And, um, you know, working directly for the bank kind of cuts out the middleman and, you know, it sometimes saves the customers monies and whatnot. Um, I like to, uh, you know, help a lot of customers with, um, you know, uh, investment type loans. Um, there's a lot of myths out there about, you know, the types of different loans that Fannie and Freddie can do. For instance, Fannie Mae does do up to 10 mortgage properties and Freddie Mac only does up to four. Um, so little things like that, you know, help my customers out. All right. Let's get into those myths. And I know we haven't talked about any uh, any of the myths prior to this. And you mentioned one, and I'm excited to talk about that one and then more. Uh, so you said Fannie does up to 10 loans for a person, investment properties, right? Is that what you just said? Yes, sir. Yes, that's correct. Okay. So, Fannie sorry. does up to 10 loans. What is the uh, What is the lowest percent down that you can get as an investor through these types of, through either uh, Fannie or Freddie? Okay, so with Fannie and Freddie, um, the lowest percentage down you can go for a single family residence investment property is 15%. Um, so you can actually put 15% down for a one unit property, single family residence. Um, when you get into duplexes, um, uh, you know, you're looking at uh, 20% down. Um, and then for three and four units, you're looking at, you know, 20 to 25 percent. Um, the, the, the range of percentages depends on whether you're using Fannie or Freddie. For instance, Freddie Mac, and here's another myth too that I'll kind of do two and one for you. Freddie Mac requires two years of landlord history. Um, Fannie Mae doesn't care about landlord history. So how does that benefit the investor? Um, basically, say I bought a house tomorrow, um, an investment property tomorrow, maybe a four unit that would require 25% down with Fannie Mae um, and say that my lease agreement was $3,000 a month. Uh, well, let's, let's make the number simple. Let's say my lease agreement was $1,000 a month and let's say the mortgage payment was $500 on that property. I could use 75% of that $1,000, which would be $750. So if you do the 750 minus the 500, that 250 dollars, I could use that as income immediately. And what do you mean by you can use that as income immediately? So let's say that I'm a um, say let's say I'm a teacher that makes sixty thousand dollars a year. Um, that's five thousand dollars a month. Um, and let's say that I purchased that property and and we closed on it and. Um, we use that same calculation, 75% of the lease agreement on $1,000 would be $750 minus what my PITI, uh, principal interest taxes and insurance payment would be, um, would be $500. So $750 minus $500 would be $250. So now instead of my, so for my second purchase now, instead of my income showing $5,000 a month, it would show us $5,250 a month. Right. For one... For your second purchase, once you have that cash flow to show on paper that you're actually receiving it after you close on your first one? Exactly. So with Fannie Mae, I can, I, could buy, I can use that $250 extra right away. With Freddie Mac, I would have to wait two years. So a lot of Got things it. 
Yeah, exactly. So a lot of things that I see is I see customers saying, well, you know, they'll go to a bank. And, and, and here's another thing, too, if, if, if I have time to mention it. Um, oh, yeah. So another thing is, too, is like, you know, major banks have what, what are called overlays. So let's say that, like, for instance, my bank has no overlays. So when I run DU, which is a, um, a you know, a short, a short form for desktop underwriter, that's the automated um, underwriting system for Fannie Mae. Um, it'll, you know, you know, for, for Mr. Smith or, or Mrs. Smith or whatever, it'll say, you know, I need these 10 items taken care of. If a bank has no overlays, then they're only going to require those 10 items on their approval. Um, what a lot of customers come and tell me is that, oh, you know, I need to have two years of landlord history or two years of rental income. That tells me that the bank that they're dealing with or credit union that they're dealing with has an overlay saying that they need two years requirement because Fannie Mae doesn't. And, you know, basically how it works on the back end is that my bank, we don't carry any paper. So um, as soon as we're done with the loan, we sell it to Fannie Mae um, or, or, or major wholesale, like perhaps Wells Fargo or something like that. Um, these, some of these other banks, maybe they hold the paper and maybe, you know, they feel more comfortable with somebody who has more experience than not. So, so those are other myths as well. With it sounds like, I mean, Fannie Mae uh, is more desirable than Freddie Mac, uh, and and for the best ever listeners who uh, are perhaps unfamiliar with Fannie and Freddie and who these people are that we're talking about, <laughs> can you can you from a high level, just very high level, briefly explain what we're talking about when we say Fannie and Freddie? Okay, so Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are both, well, they used to be independently owned. Um, they've been around for almost 100 years now, um, since 19, don't quote me on this year, 1926 or 23 or something like that, I think is when Fannie Mae was uh, introduced to the public. Um, basically, to kind of say like in short form, um, they go ahead and guarantee um, mortgages to, to banks. So if, if you walk into um, a bank and you do a mortgage, um, more likely than not, that bank is going to sell that mortgage to Fannie Mae because they guarantee that note. Um, so that you know, gives that bank more, um, you know, more, more purchasing power and also more buying power um, um, on the secondary market. So to kind of elaborate on that, um, it, it's a pretty simple cycle. Um, you know, you do your loan, you're done with your loan in 30 days. Um, the bank on the secondary market will go ahead and sell that note to either Fannie Mae or FHA or, or Freddie Mac or USDA or, or whoever it is that's actually servicing and also holding on to the actual paper of the mortgage. It, it, does, that, does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. And thank you for simplifying the process. So there, there, uh, there are entities that guarantee the note, and as a result, they have guidelines that must be adhered to. Uh, therefore, that comes to us, where we have to have, you know, in Freddie Mac's uh, situation, as you mentioned, two years of landlording experience, whereas Fannie does not require a landlord history. So why wouldn't every investor say, no, thank you, Freddie, um, let's go Fanny, or are they not even 
working with them directly, they typically work with a loan officer such as yourself. So it doesn't, it's, it's really up to the loan officer to figure out what's the best option versus the individual investor picking, because it sounds like there's a clear choice between which one's better because the other, you also mentioned that, um, you can get up to 10 properties with Fannie. Yes. Yeah. You hit the nail right on the head. I always tell people, um, you know, when I'm speaking with them online through social media or in person or, or over the phone, um, I'm not a big sales guy. I'm more on customer service and knowledge. Um, and, and I always tell people, make sure you deal with a loan officer um, who knows how to structure your deal properly. Um, you know, like you said, Fannie Mae is, is definitely more desirable to an investor that wants to do more than five loans. Now, if you just want to do four loans, um, uh, Freddie Mac is a little bit... Uh, less stringent on certain things like, for instance, for anybody who's ever got a mortgage before, you're always asked for, you know, two months of bank statements, um, you know, 30 days of pay stubs, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Freddie Mac will take one month of bank statement um, for self-employed customers when, uh, well, here, let me, let me kind of back up a bit. LP is called Loan Prospector. That's the, un- that's the automated underwriting system for Freddie Mac. Um, if that, you know, get, if you get an accept on that, it'll typically say one month bank statement um, for self-employed borrowers. It'll typically say one year tax return. That That's another way too. maybe you're, Maybe you're an investor and you're self-employed and, um, you know, your two-year average isn't very strong, but your last tax return was, you know, a lot stronger than, than the two of them combined. It would make sense for you qualification purposes-wise to go with Freddie Mac for that particular loan. Um, I could probably go on for like days <laughs> about <laughs> the different combinations well, and whatnot, but that's where a really good seasoned loan officer will know how to structure the file. That is fantastic, and thank you for breaking that down. Let's get into your best real estate investing advice ever. So basically, my whole thing is is that you know you're going to hear no more than you're going to hear yes. A lot of people are going to be you know maybe family or friends are going to be like, hey, you can't do this for whatever reason. Um, you know, don't you know don't don't take that like it is right away. In regards to you know investing, um, you know do your due, do your due diligence. Listen to shows like this and 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 social media and and get the knowledge from experts so that you can make an educated decision as to whether you actually can do it or not. And I'd I'd love if if it's okay, I'd love to go back to uh, your your experience as a loan officer and ask you one more follow up question on that. Sure. With an investor who is starting out and wants to buy a property. You said the lowest down payment is 15% for a single family. Now, if the investor wants to live in one side and rent out the other, how does that change the game? Well, that totally changes the game. If the investor lives in one unit, then it's not considered an investment property anymore. It's considered an owner-occupied property. So um, that that completely changes it. And for for a two-unit, you would still be at you know the the fifteen percent mark. But if you went with say an FHA product, um, FHA obviously is going to you know have mortgage insurance, um, but you'll be able to get into that property with three and a half percent down. Um, anywhere from one to four units. So, 
you know, that's another way too to come in with a property um, with a, a much lower down payment. Now, for an FHA loan, typically you have to live in that loan, or excuse me, live in that home for um, you know one one year. Um, and then the other kind of downfall to that is sometimes the investor will want to move out of that property and move on. Um, there, you can't have two. Well, in, there's only very specific circumstances where you can have two FHA loans. If you um, have an FHA loan and it's under your name and you're not a co-borer, a non-occupant co-borer, meaning that you signed for the property and you don't live in it, then you can only have one. But if you signed for it and you didn't live in it, you can have two. But that's kind of not what we're talking about. But um, uh, basically, to kind of, you know, in, in conclusion, when they want to move out of that house after a year, you know, they if they want to refinance that home, they're going to have to put down more monies because typically that investor might want to get a second FHA loan and they can't have two at once. If an investor has already purchased a house or two and then decide, and they don't have an FHA loan, and then they decide to go about this approach where they live in one one side, run out the other, can they then get an FHA loan even though they already have mortgages on the books? It's possible, but you're going to need to, and again, this is where a really good loan officer comes into play, and you're going to have to have a really good reason, because typically in that scenario, you're probably living in a three-bedroom, two-bathroom home, and you have to convince the underwriter that you're going to be moving from that into you know, a unit in a four-unit apartment. Um, <laughs> right. So it, it doesn't, it, you know, it unless you're moving closer to work or perhaps... You know, it's closer to a, um, you know, an elderly family member or something like that. Things like that could fly. But typically, you know, moving from like a single family into a unit property, especially if you have a family, unless that unit property is is larger than your than your regular home, an underwriter is going to protect the bank's assets. So they might scrutinize that type of loan more than they would others. So that it would be, it's possible, but um, it, it just needs to make sense. I am just soaking up all of this information. Thank you so much, Sean. So are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Yes, sir. Best ever listeners, it's 2015. And wouldn't you like to simplify the landlording process and automate it as much as possible while making more money along the way? It's a landlord's dream, right? With online rent payments, applications, and secure credit reports. Cozy makes being a landlord incredibly easy. And best of all, it's completely free. Sign up for Cozy at Cozy.co. That's C-O-Z-Y dot C-O. Best ever book you've read? So I, I actually really don't read books a lot. I'm more of a guideline kind of a guy. So I, I read guidelines a lot. So I guess uh, FHA. That, and- that, is, that is the sexiest thing anyone's told me today. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm I'm happy to hear that I that I got you going. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about these? What are, what are the best guidelines that the best ever listeners can read? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, there's a cool guideline: delayed financing. If you are buying your, say, you're buying your fifth property with Fannie Mae, and after the fifth property through tenth property, is um, the, the guidelines become stricter. You need a 720 FICO, uh, six months of reserves for all investment properties, and if you want to get cashed out from five through ten. You have to do it within a six-month period. So if you buy that house on January 1st, it has to be refinanced before June 1st. 
or, or I should say July 1st, I guess. So that's a, that's another like specific um, guideline that investors um, sometimes don't don't know about. So that's called delayed financing. And after that six months, Fannie Mae will not allow you to do a cash out refinance on any of the properties. You can purchase, but no cash out if it's after the six months and after the fifth loan. If, if I have any professional on my team I want them to be as obsessed with you as you are with your craft as they are with their craft. I just I just love this. <laughs> Best ever personal growth experience and what you learned from it. I started off as a as a regular, you know, retail loan officer and um, when I moved over here to Bank of California and and actually uh, one company previous to that, I was in wholesale. And wholesale just basically means you call brokers and you know, you try to, you know, get their business um from from the end consumer. And with that job, you really have to be knowledgeable um, with guidelines and how to structure loans and read GFEs and things of that nature. So that really helped me. I mean, I was already in the business for, for a long time, but that really accelerated my knowledge. What specifically is one takeaway that you learned? From, from that, oh, well, specifically, um, I would say that uh, with all these new Dodd-Frank, um, uh, you know, guidelines that have been implemented, um, it's 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 crucial to to structure loans properly so that they don't get denied. Best ever success habit you practice? Um, basically, you know, uh, just work smart. Um, you know, if you if you have you know if you uh, put a list together that has five, ten, fifteen items, one item, whatever, um, put that list in front of you at your desk or wherever you work from and just place it in order of, of, you know, most important to least important and, and get it done. Best ever deal you've been a loan officer on? Uh, it's going to have to be my first deal ever. Um, I uh, did a refinance for a young lady in, on the Big Island in Hawaii. Um, I closed that loan in May of 2004. I got my first big check in real estate. It was, it was great. <laughs> that was a great day. Best ever quote? Definitely the best ever quote for me is going to be from Theodore Roosevelt. Believe you can, and you're halfway there. What's the biggest mistake you've made in business? Pertaining to, to, to what we're talking about here, probably the biggest mistake I've made is just, and it kind of flows off of what I was talking about earlier, just not, not doing your due diligence, kind of feeding into negativity that other people might be telling you. Just, you know, in a nutshell, just do your due diligence and make sure you're making an informed decision. And Sean, what's the best ever place to reach you? Um, you can reach me at a couple different places. Um, my email address is uh, sean.weeks at bankhomeloans.com. I'll spell that out if that's okay. It's um, S-H-A-U-N dot weeks, that's W-E-E-K-S, at bankhomeloans. Bank is spelled with a C, and home lo- loans is plural with an S at the end, dot com. And feel free to call my cell to anytime. It's uh, 949-610-3126. Sean, thank you so much for being on the show with the best ever listeners and giving your insight into the lending industry and then also very practical tips and information for investors. I've had some best ever guests be on the show and they've talked about house hacking, Brandon Turner uh, episode. I believe it was 73, uh, but don't quote me on that. Okay. He talked about how, you know, living in one side, running out the other. And one of the questions that we discussed, and we didn't have the answer at the time because neither one of us are 
loan officers was how long do you have to live in the property in order to qualify and then you can move and it is the one year we thought it was one year i think that is just one heck of a strategy for starting investors and and then for investors who currently rent right now maybe they live in a market that is cost prohibitive to purchase so they've purchase property in other markets, but they rent in their market now. Well, if they ever want to move to a market that is uh, better for cash flow, then they can get that FHA loan and uh, live in one side, rent out the other or the other two or the other three and a half percent down. And then going into you know the lowest down payment for investors, 15%, boom, that's it. I, I think in these types of loan programs that we're talking about, I think that's just incredibly um, incredibly actionable advice. So thank you for sharing your advice and we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Joe. Thank you for having me. And, uh, again, you know, good luck. The show's awesome. And, and thanks again. Hey, you best ever listener. Do you want more? Then head to joefairless.com where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on joefairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe.